Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. Welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. Even better the second time. Welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. This is our last Sip and Say of the year. Can you all believe it? Man, we have gone strong for 10, not 10, but 12 months. Woo, child. For 12 months, um, 12 times to its 24 sip and says with a few additional broadcasts throughout the year. Y'all, it has been a roller coaster ride. We've had a lot going on in 2022. And it's been good. It's been a lot of information that has gone forth. It's been a lot of interaction and engagement that has gone forth. And I'm excited about it. How about you? So I'm so happy that, you know, we we made it a year. This is actually um, season two of Sip and Say with Stephanie. I started it last year in 2021. This is season two. So as we're ending the year, we'll be starting with season three in 2023. Starting with season three in 2023. Anyway, so I feel pretty good tonight. How are you all doing? How are you mentally? How are you emotionally? How are you spiritually? How are you physically? I am actually feeling pretty good mentally. I'm feeling pretty good emotionally. I feel pretty good physically as well. And spiritually, things are going well. Um, listening and preparing for 2023 and what the Lord would have us to do for next year with every facet of my life. It's so many layers to me and so many areas that I am leading and engaging in. And so that's that's been going all right. I've been doing some planning for next year, have a few things done, still working on a few other things. So I, I feel like I'm doing pretty good spiritually. Um, but how are you all doing? Let me know in the chat how you're doing. Let me know in the comment section how you're doing. You all know I ask this every single um, Stephanie Humphrey channel at 6.30, whether it's Bible study or sip and say with Stephanie, I'm going to ask you how you're doing. And I know it's just like, she, she asked us that every time I ask you that because I want you to think about how you're doing. I want you to think about how am I doing emotionally? How am I doing mentally? How am I doing spiritually? How am I doing physically? Like what's really going on with me? Oftentimes we move in life and we feel a a physical pain. We feel emotional discomfort. We feel mental discomfort and we feel spiritually unaligned. And oftentimes we do not take the time to focus in on those red flags that our body is signaling to us, those emotional red flags that our body, our mind, our heart is signaling to us, you know, those mental red flags that our thought 
processes are signaling signaling to us, we oftentimes don't stop to process. Oh, why did I feel that way when he said that? Or oh, why did that make me cringe when she said that or did that? So it's important, you all, for us to recognize how we're feeling and then navigate through, like recognize how we're feeling, admit how we're feeling, and then navigate through. You all have heard me say this before. It is absolutely nothing new. Me um, sharing with you or encouraging you to pay attention to you. You really have to pay attention to you, okay? So that's why I asked every week because I do want to know. I want you to think about how you're doing and I want you to share how you're doing because maybe you don't have someone to talk to. Now, of course, you're like, I don't even know you, girl. <laughs> like, you you on the podcast, you on YouTube Live, but I don't know. I'm not going to, like, tell you my inner secrets or, you know, what's going on with me. That's okay. But maybe if you put it out there, in the chat, in the comment section, uh, we will offer some words of encouragement. I will offer some words of encouragement for you, but maybe a family member or a friend or someone else will be able to reach out to you, someone who knows you, and then someone else who may not know you like me, I may not know you, but they can offer some words of encouragement for you, some words of testimony for you, some scriptures if you're open to that, prayers, you know, if you're open to that. And so it's good for us to ask each other how are you doing? Like, what's really going on? And, you know, sometimes when people say, how are you? We do, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, that's the greeting that we have, at least here in America. And maybe I should say certain parts of America. I'm in the South, you know, we, hey, how you doing? You know, um, you know, I, 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 I can't stand when people say, I, I'm doing fine. I hope you are. Oh, that gets on my nerves. Well, okay, I've learned to live with it. That just started recently happening, maybe the last few years. Like, I hope you are. No, you don't. <laughs> That's just something you heard somebody else say. You don't pick it up. Whatever. I digress. Um, but yeah, um, you know, we often say, you know, hey, how are you doing? Sometimes when someone asks us how we're doing, they are using it as a greeting and not really as a serious searchable question, you know. Um, to really search, how are you? You know, how you doing? What's, what's going on with you? Like I see you looking a little funny. You dragging right now. What's going on? And so sometimes again, it's it's a greeting, but it's not. Um, we're not asking how you're doing to really find out how you're doing. You know, and so in wake of. Uh, a, a recent suicide where you are going to talk about suicide tonight. I had not planned for us to talk about suicide tonight. I was going to give some news as normal, but we're going to talk about suicide tonight and we're going to talk about a topic. So I didn't necessarily say all that to, to lead up to the suicide. I said it because it really, it, even if I wasn't talking about suicide tonight, it really is important for us to know how we're doing. It's important for us to know how our family members are doing, how our friends are doing. It's just important for us to pay attention to ourselves and to pay attention to each other. So hopefully um, occurrences like what we're going to talk about tonight of suicide will not happen, or at least will yeah, it will not happen. We can help support a friend, a family member to hopefully prevent suicide from happening. So we are going to talk about suicide tonight, some suicide prevention signs to look for, um, 
potential reasons why people want to commit suicide and do, you know, do want to attempt to and do. Um, and we're also going to talk about a topic that I never, ever even considered, like, ever talking about on this show. But in light of a recent podcast that I heard, we're going to talk about it. Cannabis. I never considered talking about cannabis. It is not a, um, I, wanted, I wanted to say a practice. It's not any, a, 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 something that I engage in, an activity of smoking cannabis that I um, engage in. But again, in light of a recent podcast that I heard, I thought we would talk about it tonight, especially for my Christian sisters and brothers. You're going to want to stay tuned to hear the words that were spoken about cannabis. And I will, I just want to get your thoughts. I just want to hear what y'all got to say. Like, I'm going to share with you how I feel and what I think, but I, I'm so curious to hear what you all have to say about this particular topic on cannabis. And so I'll have some information about that. So, hey, Aunt Wanda, it's great to see you. I hope that you are doing well tonight. So look, y'all, I'm just be honest with you. I told y'all I'm feeling good tonight. You know, I'm well in my emotions and my mental health and my spiritual health and in my physical health. I'm, I'm doing well. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. I almost got me some real alcohol to sip on tonight. I ain't even, I, it, it passed. I said, doc, I, I need a real drink tonight for this conversation that we're going to have. Like I, 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 I've never gotten, y'all, I have, I have drank alcohol before. I have never, ever, 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 ever been drunk. I would never like ever, ever allow myself to drink enough even to get tipsy. I have never, ever been tipsy. I have definitely never been drunk because I knew what would happen. Like, even if I got a little tipsy, the potential of what could happen. And I was just like, I'm not going to be inebriated. Like, I would never drink to a point where I did not know what I was doing or I could not have a coherent thought or have coherent words come out of my mouth. So while I have drank, I would say I, I have drank socially. Um, I've never been tipsy, not even a little bit. And so I usually, I think I've told you all this before. I used to go out like twice a year. Um, this was some, uh, some time back. I would go out twice a year with the, with the coworker and friend, and we would just have like a, a drink at the, at the, like the end of the school year. Um, to be like, we made it through. And then sometimes in December, like for the new year, we would get together a few days before the new year. And we were just like, we just, we just gonna have a drink, you know, catch up these next six months or these last six months, you know? And so I would drink socially and they would always have to order for me because I didn't know what to order. I don't know nothing about no drinks and I, so they would. And so, um, so it's been a while since, you know, since we've been out because of family obligations and different things of that nature. But y'all, I was like, I, I ought to, I'm going to open my, 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 um, I got some scarf, some muscadine tonight, but I almost was like, I need some real alcohol tonight, but I was like, no, I got to go to work tomorrow. So, um, I'm not going to have any of that tonight, but on the weekend, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, y'all, I've got my scarponade tonight. I mean, my keeps on scarponade, my muscadine. I got some muscadine tonight. So that's what I'm sipping on. I really need to be sipping on some doggone tea. It's cold. Y'all, it's cold. Is it cold in y'all area? Like, it is cold. Like, I, it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> So I was like, I really need to be sipping on some tea or some hot chocolate, some hot toddy, something. 
But I'm sipping on my muscadine and it's nice and cold because it's been in the refrigerator for over a week. I think I put the last, you know, my next few bottles in the refrigerator and I have not drank anything. Um, I haven't drank any of my muscadine or um, scarponine. So this is the first time I've had some in, a few, in about two weeks, I'd say. But I'm about to give me some tonight. Yeah, yeah. So what do y'all, I'm going to toast. Like, I know what we're talking about tonight, but I just want to toast. Because this is the last sip and say with Stephanie. I would like to propose a toast for the good conversations that we've had the good information that has come forth, the changes that we've made as a result of the information that has come forth, and celebrations to a beautiful ending of 2022 and a wonderful start to 2023. And may the Lord bless us all to live to see. Amen. Amen. Cheers to you. I'm going to take a sip of my scarfinine. Oh, I keep saying scarfinine, y'all. Go with this muscadine. Take a sip of my muscadine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's good. Well, let me take some more. I feel it. I'm gonna have this bottle drink by the end of the night. Y'all, I'm gonna try. This is gonna be short and sweet. Like sip and say tonight is gonna be short and sweet. Uh, we're gonna do our two main topics. We're gonna have a few things to share about holiday shopping and being with family. And then we're gonna, I promise you, we're gonna finish by 7:45. Y'all hold me to it, 7.45. When it gets 6.30, I mean, when it gets 7.30, and I don't seem like I'm wrapping it up, put it in the chat. Stephanie, you said, sip and say what Stephanie's going to end at, 7.45, and I'm going to hold to it. I'm going to hit it. Y'all, I didn't bring my glasses over, and I'm going to have to get them tonight. I did not bring my glasses over, y'all. I'm so sorry. I forgot to get them, but I'm not going to get Y'all like my dress? I got my holiday attire on tonight with my reindeer earrings and then my candy cane earrings to match my holiday attire. I just wanted to point that out. Hey, praise the Lord while I was putting on my glasses. So look, you all. On on yesterday, we had a holiday party at my job and um we were sitting at the table, we had eaten and we were chatting. We'd eaten, we take our group pictures and we were chatting. And then one of my coworkers was saying that Twitch, also known as Stephen Boss, had passed away um, by suicide. And for those of you who don't know, Twitch, um, also known again as Stephen Boss, he was a DJ on The Ellen Show. I didn't watch the, I was not a faithful watcher of The Ellen Show because I didn't get home like in time enough to watch it um, for a while. And then I got a job where I could get home to watch it, but still didn't watch it faithfully. I was never like an Ellen fan, didn't like or dislike her. But the opportunities that I did watch or the clips that I would see, because um, I would sometimes watch the clips of um, Ellen and at that time, First Lady Michelle Obama out like at the CBS or First Lady Michelle Obama at that, you know, she was First Lady at that time doing interviews with Ellen. And so I love to watch those episodes when she was on because it would be hilarious. And then outed at Dog on CBS it was a mess. And so... And then I think I watched an episode where a teacher was being honored and just a few. So I 
caught a few, maybe less than five full shows and then just clips of other shows. But I do remember Twitch being the DJ on her show and he would, you know, of course, be playing the music. He was an awesome dancer as well. I didn't realize that he had been on So You Think You Can Dance. So I did not, I was not a faithful watcher of So You Think You Can Dance either. But season five, I did watch season five. I didn't even know there was a, such a thing as So You Think You Can Dance. But I was flipping through the TV one time, saw it, it was season five. With Twitch, he was on season four, and then he uh, he came back on season seven as an all-star. So he was a dancer. I don't know if he choreographed any dances, um, like as he, you know, continued to strengthen his craft, strengthen that skill. But uh, to come back as an all-star, from what I understand, like, you know what you're doing, you know, in the, in the area of dance. And so I always, you know, saw him smiling, saw him dancing. Of course, didn't know him personally, you know, but um, he was married, you know, he, he leaves to, to, you know, mourn his loss, a, a wife and three children. And I do, I didn't realize he was married because I never did any research on him or anything like that until like maybe early this year, um, him and his wife were on a talk show. I don't know if it was um, maybe Tamara Hall or something. And um, then he had his, his youngest son on Ellen, came on Ellen a few times, or one of his, one of his sons, I don't know if it's his only son or one of, you know, his only son or one of his sons. I didn't look up, you know, um, it, how many daughters, how many sons him and his wife had. But I do remember seeing his son um, when he was younger. They were dancing together and it was really nice. And so, um, so yeah, so then I, you know, like saw his family on Ellen and then on other things. And so again, he leaves to mourn, you know, his, his passing, his wife and his three children. And he passed away by suicide um, on Tuesday. And so, like I said, we were, you know, we were sitting at the table. My coworkers saw it on social media. And so we talked a little bit about it. And we talked, you know, this same friend, the same friend and coworker was like, look, y'all, if y'all ever need to talk about anything, like you can call me, you know, anytime. And she, um, she was sharing how her and her friends actually had a mutual, you know, a friend within their circle that, suffered from mental illness and so they 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 kind of did like a she didn't call it like a round of the clock but they they frequently check on this particular friend and she said they always knew like there were certain signs that they could hear in her voice or see in her face that they knew that she was like declining and they would call her they would go by like they they say have have stayed like in contact with her to make sure that that friend knew that they were there for her. Like anytime she needed them, they were there for her. And so we, we got to talking about like, who do we talk to? Like, who is our circle of friends? Who are the people that we talk to if we're not feeling well, if we're feeling down in the dumps, if we're feeling depressed, like who is in our circle that we can reach out to? You know, so we we had that. We didn't have an extensive conversation about it, but that, you know, that question was presented. A few of us responded, a few of us didn't. And this particular coworker said, look, y'all, if y'all need to talk, call me, like, don't, like, call me, don't hesitate, like, don't, don't, don't contemplate suicide, don't take your life, like, I'm here for you. And I really appreciated her sharing, you know, that with us. I don't know, like I said, I, I don't know Twitch personally, of course, but so I don't know his life. I don't know what he was going through. I don't know what he was feeling. He and his wife had celebrated their um, wedding anniversary a few days before. He um, decided to, um, to 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 pass away. You know, to take his life. Um, he also um, 
he also uh, streamed a TikTok. If, if I'm not mistaken, it was on TikTok, but streamed a video a few days before his his suicide. And I didn't watch it. Um, it was last evening when I saw it and I just didn't want to watch it. And I meant to watch it today prior to Sip and Say um, so that maybe I could share, you know, some things that he said. But um, I, I, the day has been busy and I didn't get an opportunity to watch it. I don't know that I will, you know, um, but of course, listening to the radio throughout the day, because um, I was out and about today um, meeting with some teachers. And so the radio was on and there were several conversations happening about mental illness, about checking on your strong friends or your strong loved ones. Who do you talk to when you're feeling down and depressed? Um, being open and honest when we're feeling down and depressed and recognizing that we don't always have to be strong. Like it's okay. Like it is okay not to be okay. Every single person in all the free world has experienced hurt, anger, frustration, pain, either mild or full out depression, like all of us have been through situations that have caused us to, 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 to sit for a minute, not necessarily to contemplate suicide, but to sit for a minute and be like, I'm so angry, I wanna hurt somebody. Like he made me so bad, I could knock him out right now. Like all of us have had those moments of turmoil in our lives. I, I would say most most adults, I would say all adults really have had some some degree of turmoil in their lives. Some have some of that turmoil has been to the degree where you have sat and contemplated suicide or where you have maybe attempted suicide. And so we we can empathize with those feelings because all of us have had some degree of turmoil, you know, in our lives, whether it was a, a horrible breakup, a divorce, loss of a, a child, especially just unexpectedly, loss of a spouse or another family member, um, loss of a job, you know, the, the pandemic caused uh, a lot of turmoil and, and tension and, and stress in people's lives. And even before that, and even now, you know, that we are still in a pandemic kind of you know on the back side of it but still is still you know some some sickness and things there but we experience stress stress and strife and turmoil about how we handle that what we do with that temporary situation will make a difference in how well we move forward in a healthy way and i know that this is a somber um morbid you know, we might call it morbid conversation, but it needs to be had, especially now. Today is December 15th. We are 15, no, not 15. I'm thinking 15, 16 days away from the end of the year is what I'm thinking. But we are five, six, seven, eight, nine days away from, from, from Christmas. Not everybody has family to see or to go see, to go visit, or to come visit your house. Not everybody has family around the holidays. There are some individuals that are by themselves because their family has all passed away, or they're not talking to their family, or maybe they grew up in a foster care system and they don't you know, know, know who their biological family is. For whatever reason, not everybody will be celebrating the holidays with family or friends. Some people will be alone. And I know this can be not only a lonely time for some people, but it can be a stressful time for people. You're trying to spend money that you shouldn't be spending. I'm going to talk about that at the end. But, you know, it could just be a really hard time for some people. It, it could also be a hard time because maybe your your child was, um, was, 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 passed away, 
um, around the holidays, around Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. You know, maybe your spouse passed away around this time or another um, loved family member or friend, and it's just a hard time, you know, to um, be reminded that that loved one is no longer with me. And so I want to just give us a few, a little bit of information about suicide because I want us to help each other. I want us to help ourselves. I want us to help our family. I want us to help our friends. I want us to help our coworkers. I want us to be a conduit of helping to prevent suicide if we see these signs and symptoms. Okay. So look, you all. Um, what is suicide? We understand suicide is a cause of death by self-inflicted injury with the intent to die. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. The 10th leading cause of death in the United States. One and, and every 11 seconds, someone is committing or someone actually dies by suicide. Every, I'm sorry, y'all, not 11 seconds, 11 minutes, I'm sorry. Make sure I'm reading this information right now so I put my glasses on so I can see. Um, every 11 minutes, a person passes away by suicide. Um, suicide is the second leading cause of death among people ages 10 through 34. And for people ages 34 through 54 is the fourth leading cause of death. Individuals ages 45 to 54 is the fifth leading cause of death. Some groups of people who have a higher risk uh, of suicide based on data is our rural dwellers. Um, this is from the Cleveland Clinic. Um, young people who are LGBTQI+, um, and also American um, uh, Indians, Alaskan Natives, and non-Hispanic white people. So let's look at a few um, risk factors, you all, of suicide. As far as mental health conditions are concerned, depression could be, uh, is a risk factor of suicide, substance abuse, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, personality traits of aggression, um, uh, and this got cut off, so I'm sorry I don't have the rest of that, um, anxiety disorders, and traumatic brain injury. I got a couple of different sheets here, so I want to make sure I give you as much information as I have in front of me. All right. So some environmental um, risk factors of suicide is uh, access to lethal means to commit suicide, like ac access to a firearm, um, access to drugs, um, prolonged stress, such as bullying or harassment, Stressful life events such as divorce, a financial crisis, um, or other life transitions um, or loss. And also rejection could be um, or is a, is a risk factor for suicide. Exposure to another person's suicide could be, is a risk factor for suicide. 
looking at individual um, risk factors include has attempted suicide in the past, um, expresses feelings of hopelessness, a long-term uh, long-term pain or a long-term illness, like a terminal illness, such as cancer being like an example of a terminal illness, violent or impulsive behavior, and alcohol or other um, issues or problems with substance abuse. So those are some risk factors to suicide. Um, I also want to include child, childhood abuse or trauma is also a risk factor to suicide. Even family history of suicide is a risk factor of suicide. I didn't realize that. Like I didn't, you know, I know family history is is big in, in the health, in the medical care field, in the health field. That's why our doctors ask about the medical history of our parents, our paternal grandparents, our maternal grandparents, because, you know, that history um, can be a um, contributing factor to some of the health concerns or health um, risks that we have within our own lives. together. And so, but I didn't consider it as far because, you know, because even you, I'm thinking about abuse is a pattern, like some um, children, if they grow up in an abusive household, it's potential that they can, that they will marry a abusive spouse or um, a child who grows up in a, an environment or home where alcohol is abused. They could potentially become an alcoholic themselves or marry someone who abuses um, alcohol. And so I didn't consider it as it relates to suicide, but family history of suicide is a risk factor. Um, yeah. So you all, let's look at some, um, some warning signs. Let's look up some look at some warning signs. As we're going through these warning signs, you know, consider is this you or um, not that you're contemplating suicide, but just think about you know your own self and maybe you know loved ones. Have you seen this in loved ones or? co-workers or friends. It's just good for us to have this information. You are, I'm definitely not trying to say you're suicidal. I know I'm not. I've had my moments where, woo, but I I don't, you know, I don't consider myself to be suicidal. But again, we, you know, we all have experienced stuff, you know, in our lives that, that, woo, if we could just sit down for a minute. Um, but let's look at some warning signs. I got a couple of them. If a person talks about killing themselves, if they have an extreme prolonged feeling of hopelessness, if they talk about having you know, no reason to live, feeling trapped, feeling unbearable pain, that is a warning sign that they have considered suicide or are currently in a state of considering suicide. If there is increased use of alcohol or drugs, if they are withdrawing from activities, if they are isolating themselves from family and friends, sleeping too much or sleeping too little, visiting or calling people to say goodbye, giving away their prized possessions, aggression and fatigue. 
if there are if there are one or more of these moves that you um see in an individual it could be possible that they are contemplating suicide depression anxiety loss of interest irritability humiliation shame agitation anger relief or sudden improvement those are all warning signs of suicide Like I said, I have a few different papers here because I looked up two, I actually looked up three different um, websites and I'll share those with you in just a minute. I just want to make sure that I get all of them. Um, I wanted to hone in on this one that we just said like relief or sudden improvement. So maybe this person was on a decline and then all of a sudden there's like relief there or there's sudden improvement there. I want to focus in on that for just a minute. Um, this particular article talks about sudden calmness. The person suddenly becomes calm after a period of depression or moodiness. If you have somebody that you know they're moody, you know they've been depressed, then all of a sudden it's like a peace has just all of a sudden come over them. You have to think about that person might be contemplating suicide or may have already planned out how they're going to commit suicide and that peace or that calm comes because you know what i've decided to end my life so quote unquote all is well if there is a change in a person's personality their appearance like their attitude or behavior changes um such as they such as speaking or moving with unusual speed or slowness they suddenly become less concerned about their personal appearance. Like, you know, they be dressing to the nine hair done, nails done, you know, got the, got the stilettos on, got that nice suit on, and then their appearance this, um, all of a sudden declines. Check in with that friend or that family member. Um, if there, if it is an individual who we talked about, you know, doing that, okay, and everyone is just, uh, okay, all right. So, yeah, we talked about all these things. Um, I do want to mention this, um, showing dangerous or self-harming behavior, such as driving recklessly, having unsafe sex, or increased use of drug and alcohol. I just mentioned that. Um, those would be considered potentially dangerous situations that they put themselves in in hopes that that will be the situation that takes their life. All right, all right. Can suicide be prevented? Yes, y'all, yes, suicide, it can be prevented. So I feel like it is important for us to learn the risk factors, the factors that I just went over with you. You can do some research for yourself. Um, I'll tell you where I got all of this information from so you can look it up for yourselves. Be alert to the signs of depression in your family member and friends. If they are going through several mood swings or their mood changes, check in with them. Find out what's really going on. If they, if they say, I'm okay, keep digging. Keep digging until you get some honesty and some transparency from them so that we, you, know, you can be a help and support to them. If you're very close to the person, if you feel like your family member or your friend is contemplating suicide, ask them, are you having suicidal thoughts? 
Are you thinking about committing suicide? Have you made a plan to commit suicide? That's those are some hard questions to ask. Like I, I would ask because I I feel like I'm I'm you know I'm okay to do that, but that would be. That would be hard. It would be hard. I would do it, but I think that would be a hard conversation for me to have with a family member or a friend to say, are you thinking about killing yourself? And honestly, if there is a, any, like even a, a, even a pinhole of hope, that person is probably going to start crying, become emotional or start crying. And they're probably going to be honest with you and said, uh, yeah, yeah, I have, you know, and then that's an opportunity for you to um, call 911 so that that person can get some assistance. Um, you can also call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which I'll let me get to that in just a few minutes. But, you know, if that ended, like, well, let me go ahead and tell you since I'm talking about, you can call the National Suicide Prevention um, Lifeline, which is what, which is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255 um, and, and have that family member talk to someone and stay right there with them. Maybe you can be on speaker, but if not, stay there with them so that they can have the conversation, maybe talk out whatever they need to talk out, okay? Provide support. Don't be judgmental. Don't be like, girl, you know we don't be killing ourselves and our family. Like, don't do that. Like, just say, you know, if they say yes, you can say, I really would like to help you. Can we talk about why you would like to commit suicide? Like, has something changed? Does something new occur in your life? You know, be very gentle, be supportive, be soothing. Um, do not yell, do not scream, do not get mad, do not be judgmental. Take what they're saying seriously and be a support to them. So hopefully you can be the help that they need to stop them from actually um, either making the plan to, like if they've only been contemplating it, hopefully you can prevent them from making a plan to commit suicide. And if they've already made the plan, hopefully you can be that support that will thwart that plan from going forward, okay? So yeah, we need to learn the risk factors, learn the warning signs, um, and have conversations with those family members, those friends who we see may be, uh, poten may be potentially thinking about taking their own life, all right? I want to talk a little bit about some protective measures. Some protective factors um, for not committing suicide is access to mental health care. Feeling connected to family, friends, coworkers, someone, and having problem solving and coping skills. So in pre-kindergarten, y'all know I'm a pre-birth to kindergarten teacher. Pre-kindergarten, we teach problem solving to our children. Hopefully, kindergarten through 12th grade, that foundation that we built in pre-K, hopefully is being built upon in, you know, with, with every educator that our students have and with their family. But we need to teach our children at an early age how to problem solve and how to cope with things. Problem solve. If someone takes your toy, you don't go snatch it back. You don't go punch them in the face. You don't kick them. You have a conversation with them. You say, you took that from me and I didn't like it. May I have it back? If they don't, okay, 
get an adult involved because that's how we tell the, the our children. We give them the skills. And for some of us, we use um, picture, like a picture and the words to help them flip through the little flip chart so they can determine like how are we going to solve this problem. And then you come and get an adult, you know, with the teacher, if you're at home, get your mom, your dad, your legal guardian, big sis, big brother to help you problem solve. So teach your children some problem solving skills to actually communicate out of with their words, not their body, but with their words. I didn't like that. Stop hitting me. Stop touching me. You know, whatever the case may be. Give them some problems and give them some coping skills. Let them know they can't always have their way. Let them know that they can't always get what they want when they want it and, want it and teach them how to cope. If you say no, doggone it, you're not about to tantrum on my doggone floor. You know, if I say no, that's it. Sit your hips down and deal with it. You cannot give your children everything that they want. You cannot do everything your your children ask you to do. If you do and have a history of that, they think that everybody in the world is going to give them what they want when they want it. The li life does not work that way. So teach your children some cope. Teach them how to cope when they can't get what they want. Want teach them how to cope when you say no. Teach them how to cope when they lose when they play sports and they lose a game. They can't go throw their helmet down or take the basketball and throw it on the backboard or uh, throw the baseball across the field. The baseball or the baseball bat across the field. Softball, softball bat. They they can't handle it like that. They have to be like, wow, I can't win every time. I you know if it's a tennis match, so individual games. Man, I really played my hardest, but I still lost. Let me see what skills I need to work on to be better. So hopefully next time I can win. Give them some coping skills. Let them know you can't win every time. You know, that person utilized their skills better than you did. But let's work on the skills that you have and strengthen the areas that you're weak. So again, next time you can win the game. Okay, this is a team sport. Basketball, football, whatever the case for me. Coaches hopefully will have a conversation with the team, you know, out in the locker room or on the field after the game. And when you get to the house and get them in the car, be like, look, man, that was a hard loss. But look, you played your best. You know, you you you, you got a touchdown or you blocked somebody or you scored, you know, every free throw or whatever the case may be. Have those conversations with your children so that they know they cannot win every time. They can't get what they want every single time. Give them some coping skills, doggone it. <laughs> So that they will, so that they will become adults. Well, they become teenagers and then adults who know how to handle it when they face disappointment. They'll know how to handle it when they are rejected by a person that they really like and want to get to know and have a relation, you know, a dating relationship with. They'll know how to handle it when when they apply for ten different jobs and they get ten different rejections. They'll know how to navigate that in their heart and their emotions as opposed to taking a, a gun and taking their own life or potentially taking somebody else's life. When we talk about suicide, but I'm just saying we need to teach. Maybe I'll do a show, you all, to help us parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, all of us teach our children how to do coping, how to um, cope with things. And maybe I will, because like I said, we as pre-K educators, we teach that. But, you know, maybe I'll do an episode to give us some um, information because I didn't look it up. And maybe I need to show, because a lot of y'all, a lot of older kids, they don't know how to cope with loss. Like that, I, it, it, 
Again, protective factors for, for suicide prevention to kind of help prevent suicide, access to mental health care, access to, you know, regular health care, feeling connected to family, friends, coworkers, community, just, you know, individuals, and then having problem solving and coping skills, okay? All right, y'all. So let's just be mindful of ourselves. Let's be mindful of our family. Let's be, let's just be aware. You know, if it's that family member that you haven't talked to in 10 weeks and nobody has heard from them, call, give them a call, send them a text. If you can, go knocking on the door. You know, check on the family members that you that are strong, that seem like they never have problems. There's some problems lingering somewhere. Check on everybody. Check on your family. Have you some accountability buddies that you check on? Like, y'all check on each other. Every week, we're going to check in, or every day, or every other day, however often you decide to communicate with each other. We're going to check in every single day, every other day, every week or however often so that we make sure that we are okay. If we all had accountability partners in the world, maybe we can help deter and eventually prevent suicide from happening. And so our heart and our prayers go out to Twitch and his family and to all those who are suffering from mental illness. You all, like I said before, it is okay to be it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. If you're not okay, please, 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 I am begging you, please talk to somebody. Talk to a therapist. Talk to your spouse. Talk to a friend. Talk to a coworker. Maybe you feel better talking to a stranger. Talk to somebody. Release whatever stress, whatever anxiety, whatever the debilitating issue is. Release that. Share that with someone. I want us. I want to share these next few things, and then we're going to move forward uh, talking about the cannabis because my time is leaving me. Um, sometimes you know. We in certain communities, and I can speak for the Black community, we are afraid to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Like, you know, we strong Black women. We got, we super women. We got it going on. It's okay to ask for help. You strong, you still strong. Asking for help is strength in and of itself. To be able to be vulnerable and open to admit, I need some help. I need some financial help. I need some emotional help. I need help. I need some mental help. I need some help right now. Be open, be honest about how you're feeling, what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your mind. I want us to recognize that there is no shame in suffering from a mental illness, and there is no shame in admitting, I feel depressed, I feel suicidal. There is no shame in that. I, I don't have the facts and figures because I am not a clinical anything um, but I, I, if I was a betting person, I would put money on the fact that every adult on the face of, almost, I'll just say almost, almost every adult on the face of this earth has, suicide has ran through their mind. It either has sprinted through their mind. It took a, what is that? Uh, what's the, what's the long jet, the long, um, tra I ran track and field. I, I did sprint, I did a 100 and 200 relay. 
um, what you call it, cross country, either it has sprinted through your mind, it has cross country through your mind, meaning that cross country is a, you, you have endure, you know, the, the runners have endurance, like they can go miles, like cross the country miles. So it has either cross, sprinted through your mind, cross country through your mind, kind of slid through, it has lingered through your mind or whatever the case may be. I can, I, I would bet money that, uh, that most adults have contemplated or suicide, or at least it has ran through their mind. Um, committing suicide has ran through my mind several times when I was in my younger years, not since I've been what I, what I would consider a more mature adult, but in my younger year, yes. Did I ever make a plan to commit suicide? Heck no, I never did. But the thoughts, they cross country through this mind of mine. They really did. And I thank God that, you know, that I never made a plan to do so. I thank God that I never did. I never talked about it with anyone but um, I never did. So you all, it's okay to get a therapist. Like if you need to see, there's no shame to ask for help. There's no shame in getting a therapist. Therapy used to be a stigma in the black community. It is less of a stigma now, but there still is some like, no, we're going to pray and we're going to go to church. Jesus is our friend. Jesus can be your friend and a therapist can be your friend too. Come on in here, somebody. It's okay to see a licensed healthcare professional if you are suffering from mental illness. And let me tell y'all something. You don't even have to suffer through mental, suffer, be suffering through mental illness to get a therapist. You have heard me say this before, just like we get our our um our yearly medical appointment, our yearly physical, our yearly pap smear, yearly mammogram, our yearly prostate, prostate, prostate. It is prostate. No, it's prostate land before the Lord. Your prostate is male. Your prostate exam and other yearly exams that you get, just like you get those yearly exams to keep a check to make sure everything's okay. It's okay to have a therapist to keep a check on your mental state, your emotional state. It's okay. It really is okay. And hopefully, you know, you'll see the therapist once a month or, you know, once every other week or however, you know, your, your money can afford. Y'all check your, you have heard me say this before, y'all check your insurances because it is possible that you can get therapy for free if it is allowed through your insurance. So check your insurances to see if therapy is um, like a preventative, it could be a preventative measure with the type of insurance you have. You could possibly get, excuse me, y'all, let me take a sip. You could possibly get your therapy for free or at a reduced rate. Um, also, there could be some, like your, your local health department, like if you don't have insurance, your local health department may have some resources that you can tap into. And there could be other community resources with nonprofits or other community resources. So do a research in your community, in your county, and see, you know, if you don't have insurance or if maybe it's not covered through your insurance, if you can get therapy in other ways. Also check your employee and your employment there are some companies that offer like employee assistance where you can see, um, get like some, some, um, um, mental health care services. They, they might limit it to maybe one a year or two a year or whatever the case may be. But if you don't have insurance or just want to know, 
check your employee handbook, check with your human resources officers and see, you know, if you don't see it in the handbook, check with them because maybe they've updated the handbook and maybe it's available online and you haven't seen it yet, but just check with them and see if there are some employment assistance um, services that, that they offer and you may be able to tap into that as well. So there is help. If you are the one committing suicide, I want to give the information out again. Um, the, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255, okay? There are trained counselors. It's free, it's confidential, and it's available 24 hours, seven days a week, okay? I want you all to know that I got this information from the Cleveland Clinic, and I got this information from... I didn't type in this other website that I got the information from. Let me see if I left it up on my computer. There's also some information from the National Institute of Health. Um, there's some information there that, that I'm going to share with you right now. Um, but before I do, let me see if I can see where this other website um, came from. I may have already closed it up. Let's see. Or, uh, hold on a second, let's see. Oh, okay, here it is. So some of it came, oh, that's my, that's my other. Okay, I didn't write it down. Sorry about that, y'all. I didn't write the other one down. Um, but yes, and so I might, might add it to the, the, um, the description. I may or may not. But from the National Institute of Mental Health, they have some information on their website as well. So in addition to having the information about the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, you can also call or text 988. 988 is a suicide and crisis lifeline. So maybe you don't have the time to dial the, what, the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 numbers, then you can call or text 988. It is a suicide and crisis lifeline, okay? You can also chat at 988lifeline.org. Again, that's 988lifeline.org. You can also text the crisis text line. You can text hello to 27471. Excuse me, let me say that again. 741, I don't know where I got the two from. 741741. Text hello to 741-741. Again, all of this information is from the National Institute of Mental Health. Um, and that's where I get a lot of my information on like healthcare, whatever, um, from the National Institute of from the National Institute of Health. And then this one is the National Institute of Mental Health. Okay. So these um these uh this information is you know it's it's good, it's legit, it's good. 988 suicide and crisis lifeline, call and text 988, or you can chat at 988lifeline.org. The crisis text line, text hello to 741741. The uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. And again, if you, you know, maybe find a family member or a friend or someone who you feel has committed suicide or, you know, attempted it, uh, call 911 to get them some support. If you're, or if you're talking to a family member or friend and they've admitted, you know, that they want to commit suicide, um, they've contemplated it, it's, I would 
encourage you or suggest that you call 911 so they can get some medical help um, and support that they need. If they are opposed to you calling 911, then sit like stay with them if you can like spend the night with them stay with them if if at all possible uh, maybe call some other family members and friends over if they're open to that to offer support as well and you all sometimes just just be just do what you feel in your heart to do that's best for your you know if they say they don't want you to call 911 and you feel like you need to like I'd rather ask for forgiveness and permission. That's just Stephanie talking. You all do us, but y'all know y'all family members. You know your friends. Like, you know the what may happen, the fallout or whatever the case may be. But I'm just under the impression that I'm going to ask for permission. I would rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Um, and so I wanted to, to share with this since I gave you most of the information from the National Institute of Mental Health. It is the uh, a division of the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Okay, just wanted to share that bit of information with you. All right, y'all. So y'all only got 30 minutes. I only got 16 minutes to talk about this cannabis. Y'all, we're going to go to about 8 o'clock. <laughs> We're going to go to about eight because we're going to talk about this cannabis. Okay. I spent a little bit longer on the suicide prevention than I thought I would. But to me, it's important information for us to have so that we can look out for ourselves, look out for our family members, our friends, loved ones, coworkers, look out for everybody. Let me just check the chat and see if there's anything in the chat. It's not. So we're going to talk about this cannabis. Y'all, I done told y'all I never, I never even considered talking about weed cannabis on this show. But we's about to talk about it. <laughs> So look, y'all, look, look. I'm going to take a sip before I give y'all this information because maybe y'all already heard this. I'm going to take a sip. All right. So Pastor Jamal Bryant, who is the pastor of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in, in Georgia, I think I think New Birth is in. I didn't look up. I want to say it's in Atlanta. Bishop Eddie Long used to be the pastor of New Birth prior to his passing away. Um, New Birth is in. DeKalb County. It's in DeKalb County, Georgia. Um, and so Pastor Jamal Bryant. So. I don't know Pastor Jamal Bryant personally, but anyway, that's a, so I don't know him personally, but anyway, so the Lord said keep moving. Okay, so he is a pastor of New Birth, um, and he was on the On the Cool Sor. Is it On the Cool? Did I type that in right? Let me make sure I type this in right, because that don't sound right. I think it's supposed to be I'm the cool soror podcast. I think I may have typed that in wrong. Let me just check. Okay, I, let me let me say it right because I don't want to get her podcast wrong. Oh, this is what I was saying on the cool soror podcast. Okay, let me let me read my writing correctly. <laughs> so on the so there's a cool soror podcast with Rashawn Ali. So this young lady had Pastor Jamal Bryant on her podcast just recently. 
I didn't write the date down, you all. Um, and so she was asking him, you know, several things. I didn't listen to the entire podcast, but she was asking him whatever questions she asked him. But as the broadcast was ending, she asked him about, like, they talked about evangelism and like, winning souls and different things like that. And so this is what Pastor Jamal Bryan said. I listened to it a few times so that I could actually type and quote him in this podcast. But this is what he said. I'm not after Christians. I ain't mad at that. Because he talked about how Christians are like recycling Christians. You know, Christians here at this church, you may go to recycling Christians. I agree with that. I'm not mad at that at all. He said, Pastor Bryant went on to say, I am after people who don't go to church. I agree with that because the Bible says in Matthew 28, we are to go all into go out into the world and compel men and women to come to Jesus Christ. That is the great commission. We are to share the good news of Jesus Christ so that men and women can be saved. Well, hopefully because of our testimony and because of the message of Jesus Christ would want to give their life to Christ Jesus. So I love that, that statement. He went on to say, I am looking for people that smell like weed. I'm not mad at that because I have been in several churches, especially growing up, where somebody will walk in off the street. When I say off the street, they will walk walk in and you know they just finished drinking, like they're a drunkard or they were smoking because you get the contact. Like I'm 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 fine with that. I'm looking for the people who smoke weed. Yes, because you know, Jesus told his disciples, I didn't come to heal the sick. I mean, I didn't come to Save those that are well. I came to heal the sick. You know, I came to those who needed a Those who are well need not a physician. I came for those who were sin sick, physically sick and sin sick. That's who I came to be. So, yes, we're looking for people that smell like we drunkards, just came in from the club with your mini skirt on and your breast pop popping out. That's who we look into because those are the individuals that we believe need Christ Jesus. Okay. All right. So I'm good with that. He went on to say that New Birth is the largest land-owning Black church in America. I was like, wow, I did not know that. That New Birth is the largest land-owning Black church in America. Come on and hear somebody, New Birth, acquire that land. Land ownership is key to building wealth. Come on and hear somebody, generational wealth. Owning a home is the key to building generational wealth. Yes, Pastor Jamal Bryant. This is where it might get a little tricky for you. I don't know if it got tricky for me, but it might get tricky for you. So sit down, tune in. I did forget that. I meant to tell y'all at the beginning of the broadcast that this is not for the kids. I'm so sorry. I meant to give a disclaimer at the beginning of the broadcast to say this broadcast is not for kids. I apologize. But this conversation is not necessarily for children. This whole broadcast is not necessarily for children. So if you got your children in the room, you know, you can step them out while we have this conversation. So he said, Pastor Jamal Bryant, on the Cool Sora podcast with Rashawn Ali. Y'all look it up. It was some good conversations happening. Look it up. He said, my position to my deacons, this is a direct quote because I typed it as he was talking and went back and listened to several times to make sure I had it right. My position to my deacons is why are we not raising cannabis? I'm going to read it again. Pastor Jamal Bryant said, my position to my deacons is why are we not raising cannabis? I will be able to bring in black males they're able to do it legal, meaning raising cannabis legal. I'm teaching them farming. I'm helping them to enhance the eco the ecosystem. So if the black boy from Bankhead said they grow weed at the church, 
He's like, where do I join? I don't need a pamphlet for him. Y'all know them tracks we used to carry when we went out witnessing. I don't need a pamphlet for him. He's going in. What do y'all think? <clears throat> what do y'all think about Pastor Jamal Bryant? He made this statement seriously. That he, you know, he positioned to his deacons. Like, why are we not raising cannabis? I got some information about cannabis, y'all. <laughs> so cannabis is marijuana. It is weed. Y'all know them brownies? Y'all know y'all had them brownies when y'all went to college and went to the party. Y'all know y'all was sitting there chilling on the couch. I ain't trying to bring up no memories, but the Lord has to live and set some of us free. Hopefully all of us praise the Lord. But cannabis, weed, this is the pastor talking. So, of course, you know, some of the world, not all the world, but some of the world went up in an uproar and started saying very uh, negative things about Pastor Jamal Bryant. They, they talked about him being a heretic, him not being of God, not following the Holy Spirit. They're saying all these things. What do y'all think about the potential of Pastor Bryant? potentially growing weed on the grounds uh, or the land, I'll say the land, um, that New Birth owns. What y'all think? I, I'm, I want to hear what y'all think before I tell you what I think. All right, I know there is a slight delay in the live, so I'm going to talk about there. Y'all, we know that there are states that have made marijuana legal. Like they have went through the voting process where the citizens could vote on whether we want to make marijuana legal in our state. And in many instances, um, it's not all this has happened. In my state, marijuana is still illegal, but there is some conversations um, about making marijuana legal for medicinal purposes. I think many of the states have made, well, actually, I actually have some facts here. So like my state, a lot of Southern states, uh, marijuana is not, is, is illegal. And then some states is legal for medicinal purposes. And then the other states is legal altogether. Y'all recreation, medicinal, y'all do what y'all got to do. It's, it's legal here. Woo, 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 woo. So it's about, it's about a third. About a third of the country is legal in the United States. We talk about the United States, a third of the United States is legal. About a third is for approved for medicinal purposes. About a third is illegal. I'm going to share a few bits of information from you. All. I'm getting this information from the National Library of Science. I'm science. I didn't mean science. Med medicine. I thought about science because it's biotechnology. But the National Center for Biotechnology Information, which is a National Library of Medicine, which is a part of the National Institute of Health, which is a part of the National, um, the, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources. That's a lot. But just to let you know, you know, everything is all well with this. They put out some statistics that I thought was so interesting. And my throat is a little scraggly. So I'm going to take a sip. Um, technically, I have six minutes, but if y'all give me to eight o'clock, I got 21 minutes. <laughs> so about, I told y'all I'm, I'm about to finish this bottle. Before this sip and say it's over, this bottle, this bottle already got gone. Okay. Um, I want to give you a little bit about, give you some information about marijuana. So marijuana refers to the dried flowers, leaves, stems, and seeds of the cannabis plant. Y'all know we call it dope 
pot, weed, you know, marijuana, that's what it is. The cannabis plant contains more than 100 pounds of can cannabinoids. These compounds include tetrahydrocannabinol. I know I said that wrong. I practiced saying it before I got on, but it's okay. The THC, those THC compounds, let me see if I can say it again. The tetrahydrocannabinol. I think I may, y'all go look it up yourself. <laughs> listen to the pronunciation because I listened to it before I got on and thought I had it, but I, I you know, whatever. The THC and compound, that is the part of the cannabis plant that is impairing or mind altering, okay? That's why I called you to get high. And then there's a part um, of the, can of the uh, cannabis um, called the CBD, which is a cannabin the cannabidiol, praise the Lord, <laughs> the CBD, y'all listen to the pronunciation for yourself, um, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-D-I-O-L, I'm trying to pronounce it phonemically, cannabidiol, perhaps, y'all pray for me here. The CBD is not impairing, meaning it does not cause you to get high. That's where we get a lot of hemp or um, products that we see in the stores that CBD, um, it, and it can be sold in that form because it does not cause um, you to get high. It's a part of the plant that does not cause a high, okay? Um, there are about... 48.2 million people as in 2019 with the survey, it was about 48.2 million people that were using cannabis that was smoking weed for whatever reason. Um, it is noted that marijuana has a wide range of health effects on the body and the brain. And on this website, on this is the information from the CDC. On the website, it has a whole bunch of different links that you can tap into about addiction, cancer, heart health, driving, lung health, pain, mental health, poisoning, pregnancy, risk of using other drugs, secondhand marijuana smoking. Y'all, I have never smoked marijuana in my life, but I've had some serious contact with some marijuana. So in the summertime, I ride up and down the road with my windows down because it's, you know, just me in the car. I'm going to have people riding with me. I'll put the air on for their comfort. But I mean, June, July, August, in this North Carolina humidity, I drive my windows down. Sometimes I get some contact, y'all. Sometimes walking by people, contact. So I've never smoked marijuana, but I've had some contact. And prayerfully, it has not caused any damage to my inside. Because even riding down the, walk, down the road, you just, you know, swish by somebody or they swish by you. And you be like, good God, from Zion, they is, they is lit up in there. Anyway, so I'm just saying. So that's information from the CDC website. You all, I wanted to give you some information. So on the um, National Institute of Health's website, they have the select medical condition and diseases that cannabis is used for. They actually have it broken down by state and disease. I'm not going to read you all of this. I'm going to just go to... So let me just give you some of the medical dish, medical conditions and diseases that cannabis is used to help support individuals who are suffering from these conditions and diseases. Like Alzheimer's, and it's been approved in certain states, 
cannabis has been approved to be used um, for these particular conditions in certain states. Like, for example, in Arizona and Arkansas, um, medicine, medicinal cannabis has been used for Alzheimer's disease, for HIV AIDS, for um, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, cancer, um, inflammatory bowel disease, like Crohn's disease. Um, other other areas where like, like that um, medicinal cannabis, let me slow down, I'm trying to hurry up because of time, but let me slow down so you can understand. Other diseases or medical conditions where cannabis is used, not necessarily in Arizona um, or Arkansas, I'm just gonna give you some different um, different medical um, conditions and diseases where cannabis has been approved from and it varies by state. Uh, cancer, inflammatory bowel, I said that, glaucoma, multiple sclerosis, severe um, disorders like epilepsy, um, severe or chronic pain, skeletal muscle, seizure disorders, I think I just said that, anorexia, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, medicinal cannabis has been approved for those medical conditions and diseases in certain states. And I'm looking at the chart so I can see from Alaska on to uh, Wyoming is that our last one up Washington. Um, so it looks like for HIV AIDS, I got a lot of check marks. So for almost all states, medicinal cannabis has been approved for HIV in all the states, at least that are listed here. Um, cancer, let's see, cancer has a check for almost all states as well that are listed here. I'm gonna go to, and so like North Carolina is not listed because all the states are not listed on this particular chart. Um, I think this only lists those states who have, of course, where uh, marijuana is not illegal. So we have Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, D.C., Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Dakota, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. In these states, cannabis has been approved for certain um, medical conditions and diseases, okay? And it has like check checks for full approval or it has numbers and then it has a chart that indicates what those numbers are. So I think, you know, it's not like, like I said, cancer for almost every state that's listed here, there's a check for it. I have heard this, that, that marijuana is used for cancer patients. Um, but I never did the research. I don't know if it's all cancers, some cancers. I don't know. I'd have to do some further research for it. I see here that medicinal cannabis, there is a check mark on almost every state for HIV AIDS. When I saw this chart, that was information, that was new information to me because cancer and glaucoma were the two medical conditions that I heard, you know, that marijuana is used for. Um, but some of these other medical conditions are new to me. Anyway, I know that was a lot, right? Anyway, what do y'all think about a pastor? Getting back to the original question because it's 747. Getting back to the original question, what do y'all think? Do you all think it's okay for a pastor to grow marijuana? I personally don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. Like, to me, that's between him and God. I don't I don't have any problems with it. 
Uh, let's see if marijuana is legal in Georgia. So right now, uh, marijuana is illegal in Georgia. So, you know, I don't know if all the land that Newbirth owns is in Georgia or if it's, uh, you know, across the United States and other states that part. I don't know. So if all of their land is in Georgia, he it, he wouldn't be able to do it legally. But if it, it well, what y'all think? Do y'all think it's okay for a pastor or a deacon or a prophet or an evangelist or a minister, you know, or any other officer or pulpit office in the church? Is it okay? For us, since I'm a minister or a minister to grow marijuana, I mean, you know, I don't think I ever would, but I, I don't, to me, it's not a heaven or a hell issue. I don't think growing marijuana is going to keep you out of heaven. I really don't. Um, now, how you move forward in that, like, I don't know if Pastor Brian is thinking about, um taking the C the CBD side of the marijuana that which does not cause any highs and may maybe making CBD products or if he's going to use the entire plant which um which uh which is a TH what is it let me look make sure I get the letters the acronyms right at least Ooh, I went out the I, I went away from that page let me see if I can find it here give me just a second Okay, I can't find my letters. I, I apologize. Oh, there it is. So the THC, um, which that's the one that causes the high. Um, you know, whether he's using it for, for you know, the THC or for the CBD side, I can't say. But I want y'all think, like, you know, to each his own. That's between him and God. If God, you know, Tell him no, he doesn't need to do it. If he don't necessarily hear anything from God, I don't know. What y'all think? Add it to the live chat. Add it to the comment section. Should a pastor or another officer of the church, should they be growing weed? I mean, I appreciate it. I did appreciate that Pastor Jamal mentioned that he would get some black males to help him. Um, they were they would do it legally, he said. Um, he would be teaching them farming, farming enhance the ecosystem. But y'all, you know, what y'all think? <laughs> do you all think that he is a heretic or that he's not of God if he decides to grow this weed? I'm just curious to hear what y'all think about it. Let me give y'all a few minutes to catch up with the video, add your comments, and I'm going to take a sip. Would you all ever smoke? Like, have y'all ever smoked weed? Or not? I mean, maybe maybe it's something you don't want to admit because weed, like, it has been illegal for a long time. It just became legal in several several states over the last, you know, few years. And so I just want to hear what y'all got to say about it. I'm, going, I'm about to wrap this up because it's 7.51. But uh, again, take care of your family. Take care of your friends. Like, look out for each other. And... Share your thoughts about the pastor growing some weed. I mean, you know, it, 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 pay your tithes and offering. I'm just paying your tithes and offering. Um, <laughs> pay your, that's, you know, 
I'm not even going to go there. So y'all just let me know what you think about that because I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it. If you say no, he should not be doing it. That's okay. If you say, yeah, let the pastor go. That's okay. I, there's no judgment here. Even if, if Pastor Jamal Bryant, if it becomes legal in Georgia and he decides, I won't, there's no judgment here. That's between you and the Lord. Um, so yeah, y'all let me know what y'all think in the live chat and in the comment section a little bit later because I'm curious to know your thoughts, especially of the save, 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 save folks. You know, I want to hear what you have to say. Look, you all, I want to encourage you to be mindful about your spending during the holiday season. I know there's a lot of pressure for us to buy gifts for our family, for our friends, for our children, but I want to encourage us not to get in financial debt trying to meet your child's wish list or trying to meet the wish list of other family members. If you're not able to afford to buy those sneakers or that outfit or that technology device, then don't, don't, don't do it, y'all. Don't, because you got to live. We have to live, Lord bless us, to live to see it after December 25th. The bills still need to be paid. Food still need to be put on the table. You know, your child still needs diapers or whatever. We have to live after December 25th. So I would encourage us not to get in debt trying to please children, spouse, whoever, okay? If you're not able to afford it, let your kids know, let your spouse know, look, we're not going to be able to get this for Christmas. Maybe we'll get it after Christmas. But y'all know things go on sale after Christmas because a lot of people start returning things December 26, 27, 28th. And so a lot of sales are going on to try to recoup the losses of those returns. So maybe y'all, maybe we're going to celebrate. Maybe we're going to celebrate Christmas on January 6th, on old Christmas. We're going to wait. We're going to celebrate Jesus all day, you know, every day. But January, uh, but December 25th, we're going to get our celebrate on. It's Sunday morning. We're going to go to church. We're going to worship. Look, we're going to get up early and have family breakfast. We're going to um, worship. We're going to come back home. We're going to have dinner. We're going to sit and watch some Christmas movies. And we will open up presents January 6th on old Christmas, okay? Do what you need, do what you need to do, but do not get in debt. I also want to encourage you, if you are spending time with your family, take care of yourself. Like if you know you have some family members that are just going to come with attitude, they're going to come with drama, go ahead and prepare your, your, ment your mental state. Go ahead and, and prepare whatever you're going to do to decompress, like, like travel with some candles if you can, travel with your favorite essential oils and your diffuser, like go ahead and make a plan to de-stress after dealing with your family. Even when you're, you have good relationships with your family, sometimes you have to, it can be overstimulating, a lot can be going on with the kids running around, they trying to open their presents, we trying to see what granddaddy doing, it could be overstimulating. So if you can, travel with candles, travel again with your favorite essential oil, your favorite bubble bath, your favorite reading material or podcast or ebook, like take with you as you travel, if you can, take what is going to help you relax. Get your, your favorite yoga video, your favorite mindful breathing technique. Matter of fact, teach a mindful breathing technique to your family. If I had some time, I would share one with you. Maybe I'll do a separate video and add it. Share your favorite mindful breathing technique with your family and y'all do it all together. Like I put a newsletter together that I think I'm going to release pretty soon, hopefully before Christmas, so that you can have some information about mindful breathing and other mindfulness practices. Um, but yeah, just take care of you during the holidays. Don't let your family stress you out. Don't let your kids stress you out. 
Hopefully, if you're getting together with your family, that there will be peace in Jesus' name. Love on each other. Hug on each other. Forgive each other. Don't get to throwing hands at Christmas, y'all. Be at peace. As much as the Bible says, as much as life is in you, live peaceably with all men. That includes your family. Even if you don't like some of the things that they do or some of the attitudes that they display, try to be at peace with your family. Amen. And hear somebody. Again, I, I, I pray that there be peace in your family. I pray that you enjoy the holidays, whether you choose to get with your family or to, to be with your family, whether you choose to be with friends, whether you choose to spend it by yourself, child. Sometimes it's okay to take yourself to the spa for Christmas is on a Sunday. Take yourself to the spa on Friday. Stay to about Monday if you can. You know, go out, go to the beach, you know, go to the mountains, wherever you need to go. It's okay to get away. Like if you if you say, I see family, I see y'all in the new year, that's okay. You get together on old Christmas, like I said, get by yourself if that's what you need to do to take care of you. You know, do, do what you got to do. But if you're spending time with your family, don't let your family stress you out. You all be at peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, y'all, I wanted to invite you. Y'all still didn't put no comments about the pastor smelling, uh, selling, or not selling. Let me get it right. Y'all still didn't put anything in a comment about the pastor talking about growing weeds. So I guess y'all don't, y'all just don't want the public to know what y'all think. Maybe we'll talk about it privately. We have a private chat about it. All right. I don't have a text, a text number for you to text me, you know, so we can talk about it. But maybe we'll talk about it later. So look, y'all, I want to invite you to a virtual celebration of Jesus Christ starting this Sunday, December 18th through December 23rd. I will be hosting it right here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel. My mom, Sister Brenda Humphrey, my aunt, Sister Wanda Humphrey, my other aunt, Minister Teresa Mercer, my uncle, uh, Deacon Gregory Humphrey will all be joining me December 18th through the 23rd one family member per night. We will be bringing forth a word on Christmas songs based on Christ. See, come let us adore him. My uncle Deacon Hum, Gregory Humphrey, H. Hartman Harold, Angel Singh, yours truly, Minister Humphrey, our reason for the season, my auntie, um, Minister Mercer, um, that's C-H-R-I, it came upon a midnight clear, my aunt, Sister Wanda, S. Silent Night, I'll be bringing forth the word again, and T, the first Noel by my mom, Sister Brenda Humphrey. So join us December 18th through the 23rd, nightly at 7 p.m. right here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel. We're going to sing the song. We're going to listen to the word, and then we're going to rest. Y'all, we're going to celebrate. Jesus is the reason, son, for the season. He is. He is the reason for the if. I was about to say something, but I'm not because it's time for me to go. So join me right here starting Sunday through next Friday for a virtual celebration of Jesus Christ. We hope to see you here. Y'all be blessed. Take care. I was about to say, if I don't see you, have happy holidays, but I'll see you December 18th through the 23rd, right here, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. nightly on the Stephanie Humphrey channel. If you want to know more about the um, virtual Christmas celebration, visit my website at BeFreeMinistriesNC.org. Again, that's BeFreeMinistriesNC.org. Look, if you are looking for an organization to support before the end of the year, you're trying to, trying to donate for your tax purposes, I encourage you to donate to my nonprofit, Aunties Against Abuse. We are a 501c3 nonprofit as recognized by the federal government. 
So Aunties Against Abuse, you can find more information at auntiesagainstabuse.org. Click the donate button and donate dollars, $25, $100, $1,000, $10,000, $50,000, $100,000, $1 a million dollars. We will receive your donation to support the young ladies that we educate, equip, empower, and advocate for. We would love to have your donation, okay? Again, that's auntiesagainstabuse.org. Or look, y'all, I'm gone for real, for real, for real, for real. It has been a blast hosting season two of the Stephanie, not the Stephanie Humphrey channel, the Stephanie Humphrey channel, but it has been a blast hosting season two of Sip and Say with Stephanie. I will see you all for the Christmas celebration, but for Sip and Say with Stephanie, I'll see you in 2023. You all be blessed. Take care of you and take care of each other. Okay, y'all? Y'all take care. Be blessed. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings.